What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. What's up, y'all? My name is Dave Rivera. You can find me on Twitter at D Rivera one two two two. I almost did the other one. David, is that your? Are you just like really behind on your Wi-Fi, or did you take a big pause? I took a big pause. I was okay. zoning out. I was zoning out. He heavy. did his. He did his Aaron impression. Yeah. I was just making sure everyone was already done. Um, Excuse you. But yeah, uh, so <laughs> go ahead. Well, hello, as always. It's me, your boy, Maverick. You can find me on social media at heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Sorry. Aaron, stop playing with your lights. I'm trying to find a color. <laughs> I'm literally watching you. I'm trying to find a good color. And I can't. I'm settling on white. I'm Aaron. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. So your mood is white. Well, I'm colorblind and I want bright. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. So I don't know if y'all, I don't know if y'all feel the same way, but every time we do this, I kind of like in my head, like envision us being back in like our circular table at, um, what, what dorm was it? Cop. Cool. cop, it was Cobb. I like kind of like every time we go around and say our names, I'm like, all right, what order am I in? Like I have to like picture what order I was in at the table. <laughs> I just remember because I got yelled at many times by y'all that I always <laughs> go after Mav. <laughs> it's easier when we're actually in a circle. Fair enough. So David has to leave a little bit early, um, depending on how quickly we go. So we are going to start with the game that or games that he did see and then make our way to the stuff that he didn't get around to. So we're going to start with the NFL today. And let's also start with the biggest win, Aaron, with your white lights. (laughs) Tell us about the game. I'm pulling up the stats right now. We beat the Ravens 40 to 25 uh, with that last touchdown by the Ravens being a garbage time touchdown. We really just took over the game in the second half. We beat them in the second half by a score of 30 to 18. So really 30 to 11. Um, No, no. 30 to 18, I guess. Sorry. (laughs) You can't say 30 to 18, but it was a touchdown with like a minute left. When they were down by a lot. Perhaps. When they were down by 22. Anyways, Nick Chubb showed everybody that he's still got that explosiveness about him. He had 20 carries for 165 yards and three touchdowns, with one of those carries being an 88-yard touchdown. Thank you, Nick. You're on my fantasy team. I appreciate you. Um... OBJ only had two receptions, but I don't think that he had very many targets. The ESPN app is useless for that. Um, Yeah, it it doesn't really let you know how many times he he also nearly had a 60 yard passing touchdown. If Hollywood Higgins had hands, Odell threw the ball 60 yards on the money off of his back foot. So I would be open to have him play quarterback if God forbid our savior Baker Mayfield ever gets hurt. Your savior, you say. He hasn't been very good this year, but he's still our savior. I'm not hopping he's off the train yet. 
I just want to know why he, I already tweeted this. Why is he so whiny? What do you think is whiny about him? He's always so whiny, dude. Every press conference, win or lose, he's always talking about the haters. Like, just win and move the hell on, dude. Like, he has a permanent chip on his shoulder. Yeah, and he's getting gold. It's really it was cool. It was nice. It was cool at first when he was like a rookie and he's trying to. He's like on the Browns and like y'all weren't very good. And now he's like improving and improving. But now like y'all have expectations and he's still got that same chip on my shoulder mindset. And it's so annoying. What's wrong it's with him? That keeps him motivated. You can have you can have a chip on your shoulder, but does he have to be a diva every press? conference? conference like and i listen this is coming from the the person whose quarterback is cam newton like we're talking about like i know thing i know diva like like this dude always is talking like he can never stop talking i don't know i like it cleveland's and I know chip it's, on it's your probably, shoulder kind of town and i realize that it's endearing to browns fans. i'm sure it's endearing to browns fans i just think the act i don't know if it's an act i don't know if it's like a way to keep himself motivated but it's just getting really old because he has to fabricate like I know people like always talk about like oh like Michael Jordan like fabricated haters uh to help keep him motivated but like I feel Baker like, is not Michael Jordan Baker is not Michael Jordan <laughs> not yet oh my god so anyway I just think he's being a whiny baby but as long if he's winning I just want it like and he like oh what was it today he was like keep that same energy everyone threw us in the garbage like shut up like people were telling you that you were going to the super bowl like not even two weeks ago like shut up (laughs) and just wait go (laughs) but also the browns kind of kept the best offense in the league at least through four games in check and that's something yeah yeah and it was without i'm not saying don't celebrate yourselves like you obviously had a great game and i want to celebrate the browns but brown like baker mayfield is making it really hard to like the browns and along those lines colby i think it's really really impressive that we've contained both the ravens and the rams offenses in back-to-back weeks with in both weeks our two starting cornerbacks out due to injury well to be fair I mean, I don't think the Rams is as impressive looking at what's happening to them right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Rams are not the Rams of last year, but they're still a really good offense. They are. Yes. So Browns are good. Defense is good. I think that game was more predicated on Nick Chubb than Bre- Baker Mayfield, but whatever helps you win. Yeah. Anything else, Aaron? We, as I said before we started recording, we control our own destiny to make and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go to, as Mina Kimes put it, the most confusing team in football, <laughs> the Tennessee Titans, who gave the work to the Falcons today. Thank you, by the way. You're yes. very welcome to my NFC South friends. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like, <laughs> I don't know what this team is. And it's, so, <laughs> it's so exhausting at times. You beat and the so, Browns who beat the Ravens who also <laughs> lost. In, it's just a weird web of Then to get the work on Thursday night football to a not great Jackson. Jaguars team that is a division of rival and then we turn right back around now perhaps it was because the fact that we had extra time to prepare for this game that we were able to just kind of go back to the basics because that's at least what it sounds like from the coaching staff that um, they just did a lot more things just basic things in the fundamentals because we ended up coming out all cylinders I would say against the Falcons we scored actually all of our points in the first half we scored 24 on them we uh, Big uh, time show out from our rookie wide receiver, A.J. Brown, out of Ole Miss. He had 94 yards. He had two touchdown passes, including a 55-yarder. Corey Davis had a touchdown as well. So 
Here we go again. Where Mark? This is the Marcus Mariota that we want to have as a franchise quarterback. This is the one we know when this Marcus Mariota plays, we're a contending team. But it's just even in flashes of this game, there were still inconsistencies. Ergo, we didn't score at any point in the second half. Now, we also only held the Falcons to three points in the second half, but I, I, I'm i honest, I'm happy for a win. We got it on the road. We beat the Dirty Birds uh, 24-10, but I'm, I'm not, I'm still just like not sure what this team is and what team is going to show up week to week, and I, I just want some consistency, even if that means we just end up sucking. I just want some, some consistency so I at least know what's going to happen. On the flip side of that, my God, do the Falcons suck. <laughs> they, aren't, they aren't good, Bob. It's not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. No, no I mean, credit to our secondary, too, because, I mean, we shut Julio down, rather, and then also um, Logan Ryan was tasked with getting Muhammad Sanu, who they were teammates at Rutgers, and so they did a good job covering him as well. So, I mean, we really eliminated a lot of Matt Ryan's options. I mean, Matt – like usual, was really good over the center of the field, but even then we, we started catching on and playing more zone reads and that to help limit that more. And so even when the Falcons started marching a little bit, we ended up kind of buckling back and then finally getting stops. We had we They went for fourth down on four different times in the game, and we stopped them on three of the four fourth downs. It's pretty good. Rough day for Rutgers football. Matt Ryan tried to act like Michael Vick and I absolutely stopped. I did see that. He thought he was Michael Vick for a second. On another note, Mike, like, I don't know why I'm Boo Boo the Fool. And I want the reason that I'm Boo Boo the Fool, <laughs> the reason that I'm Boo Boo the Fool is that I really thought that Devontae Freeman was going to was gonna have a good year this year. <laughs> and so I drafted him in two of my fantasy leagues. And he has been nothing but steamed buns. <laughs> yeah, he had 28 he had yards rushing not today. To that, though. Another thing, Derrick Henry had 100 yards rushing for us. I mean, he absolutely pounded it at times, and it just it tired out the Falcons' defense. I think that openly opened things up. When Derrick Henry, I know Colby doesn't like the, to establish the runner. It's like with the M word that it doesn't necessarily matter. But I think for us, really, if Derrick Henry plays well, we're going to play well. And I will say, like, I was a Derrick Henry non-believer at the beginning of the season. But the dude's actually, re- like, ever, ever since uh, DeMarco Murray was a thing, like, I was like, I don't know about that. I don't know about that uh, Derrick Henry guy. Like, he can break off a couple big runs and everything. But he's actually turned out to be a really solid back for y'all. Another thing to keep in mind, too, we've been out our starting left tackle, Taylor Lewan, for these first four games. Uh, he had got busted for PEDs. He will be returning, and so that's also going to be a big factor going forward. We have another lineman, Kevin Pamphil, that's been out as well that's also potentially returning. So we're not even at our strongest when it comes to our offensive line. I mean, that's why we're a running team you know, of years past because our offensive line has been so strong. And so now getting those players back soon, that's hopefully going to help things as well, at least with our running game. So I mean, like I said, I don't know – what the heck's going to happen the next few weeks? I mean, we still have some pretty difficult teams up ahead. I'm not sure the exact schedule, but we're playing like the the Seahawks. We'll have several other teams. I mean, we're mixing in the AFC South teams. Like, we're going to have to play the Texans twice. <laughs> I'm sure they gave y'all a, a little bit of a scare there, but we have to play them twice. So I'm not ready to play DeAndre Hopkins. 
what has been going on with DeAndre Hopkins? I have him on my fantasy team, and he's had <laughs> two awful weeks in a row. Did you see that he had an interception today? What? <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second. Wait, so Maverick, are you done? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, so let's talk I about know. the Panthers. Let's talk about the Panthers really quick. I did get to watch this game. Colby, did you get to watch? I sure did. Okay, it was hilarious. Like, before we even get to that, um, James Bradbury is, like, sneakily having a really fantastic season. Like, he's locking up. And I feel like he's been doing that for a while. Like, he's locking up the number one wide receiver on each team. And this defense has gotten, what, 14 sacks in the last two weeks? Some, uh, eight plus six, yeah. Yeah, 18, sorry, 14 sacks in the last two weeks. That's ridiculous. And I know we went against the Cardinals, who are the Cardinals. And then Houston's line is very notorious for being bad. But still, 14 sacks is 14 sacks. So our defense did a great job all night. Um, second, I cannot believe because I, I had Deshaun Watson on my fantasy team, and I can't believe like when I saw that there was an interception thrown to Ross Cockrell, which by the way, good for Ross Cockrell um, sure. because You're filling in for Dante Jackson, filling in for Dante, yeah, mm-hmm. um, good for him. But I cannot believe because I saw it and I was like, great, Deshaun Watson just lost me fantasy points. And then I saw that it was DeAndre Hopkins that threw the ball on a gadget play. <laughs> and he, DeAndre Hopkins threw an interception. And that's going to be one of those stats that's going to be on his resume. And it's just, I'm just going to laugh at it. It's just funny as heck. He um, is, on his career passing, he is 0 for 2 with an interception. Amazing. Terrible QBR. Um. But, yeah, listen, I mean, Kyle Allen, um, Ford F-150 Twitter's version of the truth, um, <laughs> had, <laughs> had three fumbles lost, um, which is bad. It's very bad. Um, but when we needed him, he came through. He avoided a sack by J.J. Watt, threw it right to Jarius Wright on third down, I might add, which is very important if you're a Panthers fan. But, yeah, I mean, Kyle Allen is not going to be Cam Newton. And for the people that think he's going to be Cam Newton, that's just not – it's just not going to happen. He's a good pocket passer. He has bad hands. He fumbles a lot. He is somewhere above Jimmy Claus. I saw this tweeted. He's above Jimmy Clausen, below Jake DeLome. So he is Matt Moore. <laughs> mm, I'd put him above Matt Moore so, under Jake DeLome. Okay, so he's he's the new middle line between Matt Moore and, and Jake DeLome. Um, I, today I learned that quarterback rating does not factor in fumbles. Which is crazy uh, to me. Passer rating does uh, put running into account. I'm not sure if it takes sacks into account. Anyway, yeah, Kyle Allen, five. He's been sacked or rushed six times and has fumbled five of those. Which is not good. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> so, uh, kudos to the offensive line for keeping him as upright as they can. Greg Little really struggled against um, Merciless today. Um, and then Taylor Moten uh, had to go out for a play as well when um, J.J. Watt got him in the eye. And J.J. Watt had a pretty good game as well. Uh, but the Panthers played well. Christian McCaffrey had a bunch of touches, uh, well over 100 yards from scrimmage. Dude's just and ridiculous. Dude is just a machine. It's crazy. Yeah, 
It really is. But uh, in all honesty, this is a very – it was a boring game. It was not an exciting game at all. It was very defensive. But we played well. Shaq Thompson led the way tackling. He had a big game on the defensive end. And, uh, look, if the the Rams hold on and put the Bucks at 1-3 and three, – if the Cowboys win tonight and it's two and two, we're tied for the division lead, <laughs> which is insane. Which some uh, Turner, uh, friend of the pod, Turner said, uh, "You declared your season dead two weeks ago," and I said, "Yeah, I didn't expect the Panthers to manage an injury well." So as long as Cam is doing his thing, and we could talk about his video that he made in a second, as long as uh, Cam is getting healthy and he comes back a hundred percent. The Panthers will be the team that I thought they were going to be uh, before the season started. So hopefully Kyle Allen can hold it together until uh, Cam can get healthy. And I don't know. I'm not feeling good about this team, but I'm not catastrophizing anymore. Yeah. um, I will say that it's one of the, it was one of the rare occasions in which Ron Rivera actually outcoached somebody. (laughs) And that, I mean, that genuinely, it is the rare occasion where I actually felt that Ron <clears throat> outcoached the opposing coach. Yeah, I agree. But that is the outlook from our teams. A couple other things going on around the league. Is there is this weird stuff happened today? The Buccaneers, as we're recording, are still up five on the Rams, but we will see how that game shakes out. The Raiders beat the Colts. The Raiders are having a sneaky, okay season right now. Mm. Uh, I don't know what to do with them. I'm not sure quite what they're doing because I'm only catching them on red zone, but they're doing their thing. Operation Fish Tank is still a go. They lost 30-10 to against the Chargers. They had their first um, offensive touchdown this year, Um, so they're getting better. (laughs) (laughs) but operation fish tank is still going strong and then Dwayne Haskins really struggled today um in his first NFL action he threw three three interceptions and not a lot of time so but uh Case Keenum by QB rating was worse so do do with that what you will did y'all see Vontez Perfect's uh targeting that he got tossed for you mean team captain Vontae's perfect? God. <laughs> How is he a team captain? How is he still in the league? There is nobody I hate more in the NFL than Vontae's perfect. And it takes me a lot to get there with a player, but I can't stand him. He's legitimately putting careers at risk on a weekly basis. It has been this way for years. Yes. Everyone knows. You'd think that by this point they would have just like blackballed him. We've seen guys get blackballed for a lot less. A lot less than putting people's lives at danger, in danger. So, yeah, that happened, and then he blew kisses to the crowd as he was walking <laughs> off. God. All right, see you, David. Thank you for joining us for a little bit. Bye, David. Did Daniel Jones do anything interesting today as I'm going? No. Uh, 22 of 31, what touchdown, two interceptions. Okay. No. Bill's Mafia. Their, their oh, luck yeah, ran out today. <laughs> did y'all see the um, the hydration tent um, in the Bills tailgate area today? I did not. 
they have an area where um, if you get a little too lit, you can go get an IV <laughs> and keep it going. So that was happening outside of the Bills Stadium. Um, inside, they had a chance towards the end of the game to um, do something with the Patriots, but they fell 16-10. to 10. Tom Brady had a rough game. He was yep. 18 of 39. Max yeah, Kellerman's average... going to have a field day with that one. <laughs> he averaged less than four yards an attempt. It was not a good day. But that's all I have for the NFL. Uh, a weird day, but I think we are all happy. Yes. The rare pod where we go for 3 and 0. So let's check in on UNC football. <laughs> the heels uh, fell to Clemson 21-20. Uh, they had a chance at the end of the game to take down number one team in the country. I think we're all on the same page that the call to go for two was the right thing to do there. So I personally w- wanted to go for one, but I don't think it's the wrong call to go for two. I think it's the right call either way. My thing is I don't want to give the number one team if, – if that game goes to overtime – I don't want to give the number one team in the country more chances to beat you. That's true. But if you're worried about something like that, there is still a minute and 15 seconds on the clock. And how many timeouts did Clemson have? I don't think it's two. Yeah. That's more than enough time for them to string a drive and kick a field goal, which go for one or two. It doesn't matter. You still lose in that case. I'd rather put that, put a college kicker, Put some pressure on the college kicker then. That did miss a kick. Yes, that is true. Kick earlier. That's true. So now, ultimately, I mean, it really just kind of started out well. Like the Appalachian State game, we score it really within the first minute. It was about 45 seconds in the game. And Sam Hell hit Deami Brown for a nice, what was it, about 40, 50-yard touchdown pass. So it started that again where start off really hot. And then we ended up holding Clemson scoreless for the whole first quarter. Yeah. So I thought it, that was a huge victory, huge for victory for us. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm just waiting for the, the wheels to fall off. And so they, don't, they didn't even score their first touchdown until about 10, 10 or 12 minutes left in the second quarter. So, I mean, we ended up holding them for that long. But Travis Etienne was going to have a good game, and he ended up getting that first touchdown for them. And then for a lot of times, it, it kind of stagnated a little bit, but ended up going, what, was 14-7 and a half time? Or no, it was 14-14. No, they tied it up right, at the, right before the half. I remember that now. And so, and I was just telling everybody that I saw, like, if you told us we were going to be tied at halftime, I'd take it every daggum time. Yeah, if you told me we had a two-point chance, a two-point conversion away from taking the lead in the last two minutes against Clemson, I'll take that every single time. I think the big thing, Takeaway for me from this game is that the defense played so well. Uh, yeah. A shorthanded defense without our top two corners, without our top safety and rotating um, Cameron Kelly and I forget the other young man we were um, rotating and at safety played so well. I saw a lot of Clemson fans because, you know, as I do, I uh, just scroll through the other team's subreddit after games just to see what they're talking about. Uh, they seem to think that Clemson played sloppily. Maybe at times, I just thought our defense played really well. Yeah, uh, Trevor Lawrence had some great throws. Uh, T. Higgins 
was great. And he he caught every target he had up until like midway through the fourth quarter. It's just I I hate that 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 great defensive effort came in a loss, but I think it's very encouraging going forward. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think that Chaz Surratt has become a really, really special talent on the defensive end. Yesterday he had seven tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, three pressures, and two breakups. Those breakups and pressures might be swapped in the wrong that, order. But I saw that, that that's all on the number one team in the country yeah. after just switching to linebacker not he, eight months ago. He, I think because he was a quarterback, he has the instinct and can see where things are happening much better than a lot of players, and that's something really valuable. And I think that the way he's been performing, he has a legitimate shot at playing at the next level. Oh, yeah, and he has speed. His closing speed is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, and as injury-ridden our defensive line was, we were doing a really good job stopping the run a lot there, too. We didn't have it. Uh, really, other than T. Higgins' touchdown, the go-ahead touchdown, I don't know if there was a single, I would quote-unquote, explosive play. Uh, yeah, they had some, some big plays down the field, but nothing was a backbreaker. No. I kept waiting for the, like you said, I was waiting for the wheels to come off, and they never did. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a great thing to build on going forward. Uh, the offense was... Pretty good. I mean, Sam Howell threw the ball 27 times, 144 yards, two um, touchdowns. I am. I don't like Phil Longo. That's, I, that's it. I, that's all I'll say. I don't like Phil Longo. I don't like this offense. I don't like how it operates. I think there is a lot of play calling that I think can be better, but. Yeah, but I also think that the play calling is a lot better than what we had the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. This. It's is still not good. Yes, but this is better than a bubble screen every time on first down. Yeah. No, you're right. Like, no, unless I, you have, yes, unless you I, have, I agree with you. Unless you have an all-American level speed receiver, those aren't going to be your bread and butter. And I don't think we have any of those. I agree with you. And we cannot run a two-point conversion play that we put on tape against South Carolina. Yes. Like, and see, they even re- interviewed Venables after the game where he told Dabo, he's like, they're going with a speed option. And then, lo and behold, they did. Mm-hmm. And even if it's a play that you have on film, like, even if they didn't have it on film, why are you running a speed option against, against one of the best defenses in the country with the game on the line with a non-running quarterback? Yeah, a number one team is going to be able to read that, and they did. Yes. So with a defense that good, I think either Corso or Herbie said it yesterday. You got to trick them in that situation. You can't just think you're going to out game them. That's not going to happen. They're too well disciplined. I like. I honestly would would have rather they powered Javante Williams up the middle. That's no, what that, to do. They, there was a gap. Had he went left, there was a bit of a gap. Had he have done it. Do he that. Might have very well been able do to that. Do a pitch or do an RPO. Don't do the exact same play that you used in the exact same situation already. There's, there's that. There we had. I feel like we had a favorable matchup on the offensive line versus what they had in the box. It's just we could talk about that play call all day long, and we can like stew in, about it. Yeah. Uh, but we, make no mistake. We all. I think we all can wholeheartedly support the the call itself to go for two. 
Yeah. Like I said, it was just the play didn't happen, and that's all that mattered. But I think in that moment, you, we were already virtually playing with house money. No one expected us to be within a PAT of tying the national champions with less than a minute and a half to go in a game. And so at that point, you might as well try to strike the strike luck while it's rich. Yeah, I I am the number. I hate moral victories, but if there was anything that's a moral victory, is this game like pushing the the number one team in the country, Clemson, more than anyone else has in the past. What fifteen? I think they have like some ridiculous streak of like fifteen games that have been decided by more than two touchdowns. Yeah, only us and Alabama are the last two teams in the last couple of years that have had them score le- 21 or less points. That's an accomplishment. Yeah. That is. And it's something to build on. And, you know, next week we're going into Atlanta to play Georgia Tech, who's really struggling this year. We can do a, a whole ACC little check-in to see how the league is looking. But it's – I really hope we bring that same – keep that same energy, as someone's quarterback said. Yeah, uh, going no. <laughs> I mean, it's not realistic to say we're going to run the table, but if we run the table, we're in the ACC championship for a rematch with Clemson. And then and you get to earn that rematch that a lot of people yeah. would like. Now, granted, they're, they're not to say that we won't get this same. I mean, I'm not sure if you can get more perfect circumstances where we played our virtual best game. Clemson pay, played virtually their worst game. And we had a moment to try to win it. We can't guarantee that we'll get in that exact same situation again. But again, if we play on this level going forward, not only we're going to make a bowl game, but we can very well earn a rematch. And yeah, I, I, I said mean, that last night. Right now, we're two and three, so we need to go the rest of the season four and three to make a bowl game. We have games it's left against. Super doable. Yes, Virgi- I would say it's. Safe to pencil in Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Mercer. And we should beat State. And then you have four games left. You have Pitt, who's always beatable. They beat UCF, but they are not that good. You have Duke and State. You should split the pair. You need to split the pair. And you have Virginia, who's good. But it's a home game. Anything can happen if we bring the energy and we bring a good crowd in Keenan, as we've seen. Yep. That game still has tickets available, but I'm sure it's going to be raucous in there. So the day after our ex- our first basketball exhibition, hopefully people are in Chapel Hill to stick around for the football game. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we're all in pretty good spirits, I would say. Yeah. And I think a lot of people should be in good spirits. Yes, it's a bummer. You want to win. And I, I, I was still running the scenarios in my mind. What happened? Have we made that two-point conversion? Had it? clock run out whether i was going to run the field or not was i was going to rush to franklin or not had uh, we recovered the onside kick yeah i had to get an acp afterwards <laughs> uh, just to, to uh, soothe my soul and then i ended up seeing aaron there too so like minds uh, thinking right our point differential for um on the year is minus three and what we've lost all of our games by less than a score. All kind of, of like game, last year. Was it been like 14 points total? I think f- between 14 and 20, somewhere Which, in there. Because we lost by one point, three points, and then it was six points. So it would be like 10, actually. Yeah. So that's Carolina. Uh, we go to Georgia Tech next week. Um, 
And I, I really just want to blow out. I really just yeah. want to go in and beat him down. Yeah. I mean, I think that pushing. as much as Clemson is an impossible get-right game, that was a get-right game. And I just hope that we just demolish Georgia Tech to get some of that M-word. Uh, that would be a great win going into the bye. Um, get, hopefully get some players back after that. Let's look at the ACC. So Clemson, uh, after the AP poll... Or not Clemson. Wake Forest, after AP poll today, is now ranked. They are number 22 in the country. And I think Wake Forest is really good. What say y'all? Yeah. I think they're a good team. Uh, still looking at the Atlantic. Florida State, I don't know what to make of yet. They beat um, North Carolina State this past Saturday, but as I've said before, I don't think State's that good, honestly, at all. It, they they beat a bunch of cupcakes and then really laid an egg against um, West Virginia. Yeah. I think it's still who's, a little early in the season, so it's not yet to see. Like an on-top year. They're, they're kind of not in the spotlight like years past. Yeah, they, they beat East Carolina and West Carolina. Uh beat Ball State by 11 and then got Molly Wap by West Virginia um, and then lost to Florida State. Which is having plenty of problems of their own and, and such that even Florida, Florida State's kind of like the Titans of the ACC right now. <laughs> no one knows exactly what they are. Yeah. I think that uh, it's early in the season, so I don't want to pass the judgment too early. I'm cautious to say that I expect us to beat them because both Duke and State the past three years have had our number. You know, I, I agree that the only thing about that game is that it's at state. But, I don't know, anything can happen, rivalry, whatever, cliche, cliche. That's not a rivalry I, game. If, if we're going to be bold eligible, I want us to be bold eligible before that game. If we're, at, if we're sitting at, at five and seven before that game, I'm going to be worried. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to go into that game as a winner go home just because – State's had our number the past couple of years. And even if we're a better team, that still worries me. Let's I nothing else interests me in the Atlantic, oh, so I'm gonna move yeah. to the coastal. I was gonna say because it was about it I was it was going into coastal. I was gonna I thought about Virginia. Virginia yeah. ended up losing to Notre Dame. So that is that still technically a conference loss? No, that is no, not a conference game. Yeah. Notre Dame they have to play, I think, five or six ACC games a year as part of their contract to be in the conference for all other sports, but it doesn't count as a conference game. Right. So I still think Virginia's really good. Notre Dame's a top 10 team in the country. It, you take that loss with a grain of salt because I, I don't know. What else are you going to do? Is there two good teams playing? One of them has to win. Yeah. It's not like one of them embarrassed the other. Right. Duke is 3-1, and one, and they've beat up on a lot of teams that aren't very good. They held Bama to 14 points in either the first half or the first quarter. I don't remember. <laughs> but it, since then, they, since they lost to Bama, they've beaten A&T, Middle Tennessee State, and um, Virginia Tech by... And they scored 40 points in all of those games. 
None of those teams are good. Yeah. So I, it's it's hard for me when people say, oh, Duke is so good. It's like, are they, though? They're playing a Duke I, basketball I, at a conference schedule. Yes, they are. Oh, I hate you. Oh, the Rams are terrible. <laughs> um, we've talked about Carolina for a while. And then Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech are just – they just aren't – that good this year and luckily our uh, away games this year we we are away at georgia tech and virginia tech which i think is a good break for us yeah i mean the coastal is the coastal anything can happen in this division so it's a far cry from our season being for not yeah i feel a lot better at two and three than i did at two and one and two and two in theory yes that's what I have for y'all this week. Is there anything else? It's kind of a short podcast. We have late night. Oh, late night. Yes, that's important. <laughs> let's talk about late night. Uh, yeah, let's do late night. Aaron. We, we all three were in attendance. Yes, we yes. were. David was not. Which is why I did not, not see you, man. But I saw Colby from across the Dean Dome. Mm-hmm. And I love those seats, by the way. I had um, I was in the upper deck on the first row kind of like in the yeah those are really good seats those Those are where uh woody durham's wife on the opposite side where woody durham's wife would sit great seats i'd do that again but anyway what did what did you notice what was remarkable to you about late night with Roy? i really liked how they did player intros this year with the elevator yes the elevator and walking through the student section that was so i thought that was awesome i also thought that it was very noticeable that because we don't have the stereotype, the prototypical, very, very strong senior class, they just went in opposite number order also so that they could introduce Cole near the end, which isn't a bad thing. It's just kind of a that. thing. When Kobe White walked in and the Dean Dome erupted into the Kobe chance, I got chills. That was an I, amazing it was so moment. Nice vintage here for me for my return to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought that the microphones for uh, the hosts were not nearly loud enough, but it was the typical mildly stale host. Agreed. I I think also it's always been a thing, though, so it's not like it happened this year because of the specific host. I I always it just seems like we're disorganized with the activities like no one knows exactly what they're supposed to do. I feel like there should be some. I mean, yeah. Maybe they do go over it and then it just doesn't register or what, but like the whole thing, uh, when coach bang Hart came out, started speaking and then didn't know, like I thought they were transitioning into the dance and the, or, or whatnot, or when we were doing the, the, the activities and the little mini games, no one knew exactly what the rules is. Like the one where the, the kids joined in and they wouldn't pass the kids. The that ball. one kid didn't get the ball the entire time. He had to run and get it and himself. So like, and he still yeah. ended up winning. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, a little awkward at times. But I think that's going to happen when there's, like, non-professional presenters. They yeah. should do it like the Oscars and the Emmys. No host. Just have um, my dude, the announcer, just say what's going to happen next. Just have Tony do it? Yeah, I think that would be good. I also yeah, feel granted, like... the host like, brings like, some star power in, things like that, but... I, I, I think that for something like late night, that. though, like... I don't think that it needs to be like as regimented as 
like an award show, like because it's like just like supposed to be like an intro to the season. It's not like a game where everything is down to the second with the operation side of things. There needs to be 50% less dancing. I liked the dancing this year. There was more dancing this year, I think, than the past couple. I loved seeing the coach, seeing Roy dance. Yeah, probably the best dancing, the best dancing segment of probably the last three or four years when they did the electric slide. Because my man Roy hit that electric slide. <laughs> I think that the only one that that compares with is from y'all's senior year, my sophomore year, when Joel and Theo put on wigs. Yes. I think still the single hand, like the best one, at least of our career, was Kennedy Meeks doing I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. I still think that's probably the most iconic late night with Roy moment. But other than that, they were still good. Um, the, the, hitting the half-court shots during the minigame. Yeah, game, that was were, awesome. Three of the four. It was Keeling, Brandon Robinson, and Taylor Coonan who all hit half-court shots. And so those were cool. Yeah. And then Cole Anthony during the skills challenge. Did it almost like even though the their team was they got killed in that matchup, Cole went still went through it all, did it all effortlessly, didn't miss a single beat, and then threw down a windmill. To yes. Oh, backing up to the football game, I don't know if you all noticed, but on the first touchdown of the game, I think it was Cole did the push ups. He did do the yeah, push ups, and that was awesome. Um, forwarding back to late night. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. What was oh. I don't know how it was with Stuart Scott being the host, but it just seems like the hosts just don't have it since they've sw- since he passed and isn't hosting it anymore. I agree. It's I I just I go no host. That that is my I should put that in, I should have put that on my suggestion box. Yeah. Um, when I tried to win the Duke tickets, I should have put no host. But um yeah, I I want to talk about the basketball for a little bit. Yeah. I think it very much looked like the day after the first day of practice. Yes, I agree with it, that. They, we were still very unpolished. The, yes. They weren't running a lot of the sets that you will normally see Carolina run. It was a lot of freelancing. I noticed a lot of the threes were short. And I think that's something we're going to see this year. Um, but B-Rob was shooting very, very well. Cole Anthony looks like a pro. Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, was that – I don't think that was – it's a shock to anybody. But, yeah, Cole just has a, a, just a professional play to him. Like, he just mm-hmm. plays like a professional. He has a – just everything looks like a pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said to Carly, he is as good, if not better than Kobe white, that if he lives up to expectations, he's as good, if not better than Kobe white was last year, but he has the keys to the offense. So he could have one of, if not the best season we've ever seen from a Carolina basketball player. Uh, Mondo was blocking everything in sight. Which yeah. Is, it's nice to have a shot eraser up there. Yeah. He's got to work on it. To see him I, I, he just needs to stay to about other. within eight feet within that rim, though, because his shot, I don't know. <laughs> that was ugly. Yeah, keep him inside. Let Garrison do the elbow jumpers. Mm-hmm. But both. Let Armando stay within eight feet of the goal. Both Mondo and Cole took hard falls 
at separate points in late night, and both of them had me holding my breath for a few oh, seconds. There, was a, there were audible hush that went over the crowd. Like, yeah. Well, Mondo, he went down with a hurt knee, and I was terrified. <laughs> and then he just got up and <laughs> ran. Know, and he and he got up slowly too, and stuff. Really was wincing. Like that one was definitely. Yeah, scary. but then he was fine in like a minute. And then Cole at the very end, I don't know if y'all noticed, he like went for a block, I think, and came down hard on the stanchion. And he got up immediately, well, but for that half second. And I was, what, well, I think the reasoning yeah. behind it, believe it or not, because to put it in perspective, I believe the score was 41-43 at that point. They inbound the ball. There's about 17 seconds left. Cole dribbles. And the guest referee, Kenny Williams, <laughs> along with Q, Quentin Thomas, called that uh, Cole Anthony went out of bounds. And so it ended up being a correct call upon uh, reviewing the video after the game. But you could tell, I think Cole was legitimately upset. Yeah. Because <laughs> I he think he mad. thought it was just to, to give the other team a chance to, to tie it up and such. And so I think he played like a little extra and he went a little bit overboard trying to yeah. block that shot. And that's why he fell so hard. And people booed Kenny. <laughs> Yeah, and he got it he right. He was mad about that. I, I think he was right legit call. mad about that. No, I think he was. But no, ultimately it looked really well. I mean, both teams put up 43, ended up being a tie, boo. But um, now you get to combine the best of both of those teams. And that was with the running clock. I think, Colby, you made sure you noted that yesterday. Or it was a running clock, too, when we put up 43 points. So uh, some other ones I think of note as well. Again, B-Rob's shot looks really good. I can tell that he's worked on that this season. I know that he's going to get his number called a lot, just as probably the most veteran leader that has had court time. So it'll be good to see that in the future. Cole Anthony did it awesome. I want, I'm trying to get his point total. I think he ended up with like eight points. He had eight points, three assists, according to Inside Carolina. Uh, Baycott had seven points, five rebounds, three blocks. I like all those blocks. Another one I I really enjoyed – he, it took a while. Christian Keeling, I think, got a little bit nervous starting out, but he ended up with 13 points. He is quick. He is very mm-hmm. quick. And what I like about him, he's, he's 6'3", but he's very agile and he dribbles low. That's my favorite thing about guards is yeah. when they dribble low because it, it makes it harder to get stripped. And so it also just helps propel himself as well. And so he got ended up getting a lot of great looks. Something interesting that I noticed from the scrimmage, I think it was probably partially just because of matching up, is that Leaky played more of a swing man than a guard than a point guard role. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's gonna be expected going forward, but I expected him to be playing to be running the point and he was playing off ball the I think the entire time. So definitely a little rusty as well. I mean, he's been rehabbing his ankle since last season. So I, I would understand he, his shot still looked like it could use some work. And I think he was just getting the jitters out. So I, I hope to see a little bit more from him. So perhaps it could be a situation, depending on what we get to the starting lineups. I don't know if you wanted to go over what you what your now thoughts of the starting lineup after late night, because I yeah. definitely have a little clearer of a view of what that would be maybe – if Leakey potentially still comes off the bench and takes the point guard mm-hmm. and leads the second team offense, or does Leakey now take the small forward? Because one thing I, we Justin Pierce did pay a little bit, but 
I think he left a little bit to be desired in terms of his play. I think that he was similar to Christian Keeling where he probably had a little bit of nerves to shake off. Perhaps. Um, Another one, another one, Caleb Ellis hit his shots. Yeah. I'm not sure how much time he'll see, but he hit his shots and he, uh, he played really good defense. Yeah. So I would say after late night, my picks for the starting offense are Cole to play the one B Rob to play the two um, or Christian Keeling to play the two uh, B Rob to play the three and Garrison and Mondo at four and five. After to consider that with B Rob, I would probably have to agree because again, at this point, B Rob's a senior. I would put him over leaky. If because I really like Christian Keeling, I think he, at least from what we saw at late night, would be a really good two alongside Cole. Mm-hmm. And at that point, you would put B Rob naturally at the three, and then it would be a share of Garrison and Mondo for the front court. Yeah, and then Justin Pierce being also, I would say the seventh man, Leaky being the sixth. Yeah, I would say Leaky and Pierce leading the second unit with either of them having a shot. Like either of them, if they play well, having the opportunity to poke into the starting lineup at two or three. Because mm-hmm. another thing to consider is, I mean, Mondo's definitely going to get some playing time now. They ended up announcing some injuries, but we were we people who have followed would had a little bit of idea of some of those. Sterling Manley is still out. What they have described as indefinitely, due to the fact that he's still having reoccurring soreness in his knee, which was the reasoning for keeping him out from several games last season. Mm-hmm. So that's a little disheartening to hear because we definitely need him in the rotation. And then Anthony Harris and Jeremiah Francis both had ACL injuries to end their high school careers, and so they're still rehabbing from those. Andrew Playtech also didn't play due to an ankle injury that was sustained most likely in practice or one of the training camps. So... We could end up uh, one or two injuries. We could be pretty thin. I would yeah. say. I'd say right now we're already thin as is. I would not expect Playtech to be, to be out for that long, but I think that when it comes down to it at full strength, we'll probably run a nine guy rotation. Cause we'll probably run the seven we have now plus Sterling and Playtech. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I, Definitely looked a little rusty, and I think after a couple practices, they'll start coming into their own. Luckily, this was pretty early. Yeah, in it was terms two of, weeks earlier than it's been the past couple of years. And so it's going to, they're going to have a solid month of more practices. Yeah, we've got a month until our next open exhibition. scrimmage. So they, they, I'm not worried at all. There's plenty of talent on this team, mm-hmm. and so I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah, there's plenty of talent, and as I think Justin Pierce said after late night, because there was so much turnover from last year, there's no clear like roles that were defined for the guys going on to the team. So they all really gelled well together and it's a lot easier for them to all buy into the vision, which I think is going to be really important for the team. Colby's recording uh, cut out, but he predicted our starting lineup to be uh, Cole, Christian Keeling, B Rob Garrison and Mondo. So I think we're all in agreement there because yeah. at this point, it just those were just the five that I think had the best showing of late night. Yeah, I'd agree. And at the current moment, it would be the best producing one. I mean, and again, you have 
Leakey and Justin Pierce probably being the first ones off the bench. And then you can introduce other players. I'm not again if Caleb Ellis plays like he's playing, he could potentially see some minutes at the guard position. It just depends. Yeah. Walker Miller even played a game. He hit a three. <laughs> yes, he had he a, did. A, a decent touch around the rim. So I mean it, it, it we'll just have to wait and see. So did you I have anything else of note for late um, night? Not for late night. The only other thing of note that happened for Carolina basketball, we got the Walker Kessler commitment. That was on Monday, Tuesday, early That's right. last week. That is a major commitment because that means we have two more really good big men coming in next year. We have Walker Walker mm-hmm. 2020 now. So, yeah. So, no, he was, he's a top 15 player. He's a seven-foot uh, recruit, five-star player. Was very, I, I would say a lot of the circles, very unexpected pick to come to us and how he did it pretty abruptly after his official visit. After, and everybody had him pegged to Duke. And yeah. To come to UNC 10 days later and, and commit to us. I think that's a huge pick. I mean, naturally, I think the person they're going to start reflecting is Tyler Zeller mm-hmm. when it comes to player comparison because a seven-footer, he's pretty agile, has a nice shot. I think he's a little bit better shooter, at least from my recollection, from the tape that I've seen than Zeller was at that stage. So it's going to be good. We already have Dayron Sharp who yeah. committed last yeah. year, and they have a pretty nice jail where Dayron's more of your inside presence, your block, shot blocker and such, where I think Walker can conceivably move down to the four, be a stretch four. It's like Kennedy Meeks and Isaiah Hicks. Putting a seven-footer at the four position is going to be a problem for people. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's still growing. He's grown two inches this year. So he could very well be upwards of seven when he comes to Carolina. And, and so, I mean, we're far from done with the, the recruiting class as a whole. Yeah, we had five five stars visiting for late night, I think. That's correct. Four of them being in the 2020 class, one of them being in the 2021 class. The highest ranked one being Cade Cunningham, who is another guard like player, combo guard, but he's a little bit tall, but he still plays point guard position. Right now, experts have him going to Oklahoma State at the current moment, but I think things can definitely change with that. If I remember correctly, actually, his brother, the reason why is that his brother was hired on at staff at Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. mainly being the reason for the pick. But potentially that could change. Another uh, other players being like Zaire Williams, a wing like player. Uh, Darren Sharp was there. Paolo, uh, who was on, he was the player in the twenty twenty one class. Greg Brown, another wing like player, power forward. So I think there's a lot of options. I don't. Again, we're far from done with this class. I think a lot of them might wait until the spring, just given their pedigree. Yeah. And how most of those five stars would. So I think they're also wanting to see how. The team plays who's going to stay, who's going to go to see who opens up a spot. Yeah. And Caleb Love, who took his second official visit, I believe, to Carolina last weekend, is announcing his decision. Is it Monday, Tuesday? I think Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Yep. Between us and Missouri, his hometown team per se. Now, every single recruiting analyst has picked us according to the crystal ball. Now, we had a similar situation where – Someone that was in-state was picked to go to the other school, and he picked us. That was 7th Woods. Perhaps it could be a similar situation this time where he chooses us over the in-state school because another good guard player, five-star, six-foot-three, very 
scoring oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much a competitor. Could easily replace Cole because I would say he's a sure one and done player. So yeah. we'll need a new point guard next year. And so we the future's bright. Everything looks good for this mm-hmm. season and going into the future. Yeah. Roy can most definitely still recruit. He definitely can. And it's a lot easier now that you don't have a cloud on. Yeah, without unlike the NCAA Kansas, crowd. Unlike NC State, the, unlike yeah. Georgia Tech. Without the NCAA cloud, I think that we've shown that we can recruit with the big boys again. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, I, I don't know about I think you, that about I think that's it. Up. Did you have anything else? No, I think that's it. I think we're good as well. So You want to do the outro or me? Uh, we, we usually have Colby do this, but I guess we're going to have yeah. to do this. Uh, let me pull it up on group me because um, I don't remember it offhand. <laughs> I got it if you need me. But I think that without our moderator, we actually did decently well. I didn't notice that he was gone for the first like couple minutes. Um, and then he texts me and he was like, keep going. And I thought he was <laughs> just saying like, I want to see how long y'all can go without me talking. Um, yeah. Colby's, Colby's distraught a little yeah, bit. I, at the mad. I don't mean that I didn't know that you weren't there. I meant like, I thought it was just us hey, going back and forth and you were intentionally. We held our out. own Aaron. So we should be proud of that. Yeah, we did pretty good. I would say we're the two least talkers of the pod. Yes. I agree. So. so it was an interesting experience having the two quiet boys going back and forth. So if you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests regarding our talks, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. You can leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really like those. And then anything if you like, you didn't like, you can always add us on Twitter at nevermadepod. We do want to thank Jake and David Cutter for our music. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. That's how Colby does it, right? <laughs>